1: Taking place in Boston from October 25th through the 28th, this program focuses on business expansion and organizational growth strategies that can lead your company into the future. Learn more about this three-day program for senior leaders by visiting hbs.me growth. That's hbs.me growth.
0: You are Locked On Celtics, your daily Celtics podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello everyone and welcome back to the Locked On Celtics podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Jay King from MassLive.com here today with Sam Jam Packard to discuss, as always, the Boston Celtics. They have finally won a couple of games, snapped out of a three game losing skid, started to play a little defense. Kelly Olynyk's back. We've got you know they've taken advantage to be fair of the Knicks who had Carmelo Anthony ejected and the Pacers who had Paul George out with a sprained ankle, nonetheless, the Celtics are winning basketball games again. they are surviving without Jay Crowder and Al Horford, and that's a good thing, so Sam, welcome on but before i before I throw it to you before I throw it to you, gotta remind people. Subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts, whether it's iTunes, Audioboom, Stitcher. Subscribe to us, follow us, give us a five-star rating, search for Locked on Celtics. That's how you find us. And yeah, give, give us all that stuff. Now, back to the Celtics, back to Sam. Sam, what have you taken from these past two games? Are they playing better defense or is it just the competition?
1: Uh, I think it's going to be a little of both their, there. You go. It seems like their, their effort is up. Um, Kelly O'Linick has returned, uh, that Washington game is was going to I'm going to give him a pass because it was first game back, but we've really seen Kelly Olinick uh, do a lot of good things, uh, especially on the defensive end of the floor. I think he's a lot better than, uh, Tyler Zeller. And I was, I would, get, I, would,
0: I would say, especially on both ends of the floor, he's better <laughs> than Tyler Zeller.
1: In all facets of the game, he is a far better player than Tyler Zeller. So just the the team's going to do um, better when Kelly Olynyk gets more minutes. He's a bona fide NBA role player, and I think just his return is just going to obviously it's going to make the team better. And we've seen him play quite well. And if you you if you listen to the Friday pod, I was hyped after just watching some uh, positional defense (laughs) gifs. The Kelly
0: Olenek positional defense is real. Uh, Yeah, I mean, he's a huge, huge difference maker. And after he was inserted into the starting lineup, things changed. You know, when you have him and Marcus Smart rather than Tyler Zeller and Jalen Brown, that's a huge upgrade at two positions. The Celtics are starting to look more like themselves. Against the Knicks, they forced 25 turnovers, which is the most they've forced in a game since 2012 when Kevin Garnett was still on the roster. I I looked up the box score from that game. I'm I'm not sure why I do these things, but they played the Dallas Mavericks, and the Mavericks were starting like O.J. Mayo and Derek Fisher in the backcourt. So that was just a weird, weird, weird Mavericks roster. And Dirk, Dirk didn't play that game. If Dirk had played, there's no way they would have turned the ball
1: over 27 times. I completely um, forgot Derek Fisher was ever on the Mavericks. I,
0: I had completely wiped that out of my memory, too, <laughs>
1: until I looked at that
0: box score. O.J. Mayo and Derek Fisher, the starting backcourt, coughing the ball up a lot of times. Anyway, back to the current Celtics. They are back to being a little pesky. You know, They gave up a lot of points in the first quarter against the Pacers. They didn't have a great second quarter against the Knicks. But six of the past eight quarters, they've been very good defensively. And I I think a lot of it has has been on the bench, too. I, I think the bench has played much better defense. We can talk about what James Young did against the Pacers later. James Young deserves to get some positive coverage for that. Shout out to James Young. But before we get to him, Terry Rozier, man. Terry Rozier the last couple of games, has been, I think, just a much different player, and especially, I think, a much different defender. He, he's been a lot sharper on that end, and they need him to be.
1: It feels like a lot of his game is based on just energy and effort uh, and kind of aggressiveness, uh, too, especially on offensive end. It feels like when he's more aggressive and looking to get his shot, it, it tends to go in more. Maybe that's just a, a bias because when it goes in, it looks like he's trying harder, but... Uh, on defense, I think you're. It's kind of the same thing where it's just like he needs to be locked in and flying around and doing kind of all the the pesky things. Um, and sometimes, or not uh, at least earlier in the season, it kind of looked like he was he was lost out there. So it's not surprising um, in the two wins uh, he starts playing a, a little bit better and giving kind of more effort. I just think all around there's there's a huge trickle down effect with Olenek and Smart. Um, Yep. returning is just because there's then there's less minutes um for the kind of the worst players but then it also means terry Rozier's playing with more talented players and you're getting like kind of less fully garbage lineups it's just going to improve <laughs> it's going to improve the tat like the the level of play of the entire team
0: you can't have those fully garbage lineups uh yeah i, I think and especially the last couple of games smart no linic have played with the bench fairly often and the smart Olenek bench lineups have been awesome, and, and that's that's a huge deal because ultimately, when Al Horford and Jay Crowder return, those guys are going to be on the bench, and if if bench lineups with those two guys are dynamite, then the bench is going to be dynamite. And Terry Rozier has played really well; he's really lifted his game. Uh, you know, I think he shot like two of ten against the Knicks Friday night. If it, if it was
1: close. to One of eight. One of eight.
0: One of eight, yeah. One of eight, two of ten, whatever. He was still good, and
1: he got to the line uh, four times. It was seven and eight from the free throw line. There you go, and he forced he
0: forced a lot of turnovers. He was just active, and that's what you need him to be. You don't need him to be this like perfect dead eye scorer. Although it'll be helpful if he makes shots. More importantly, he needs to defend, and that second unit needs to defend. And with Smart and Olenek back, and with those guys playing minutes with the bench. It's looked a lot better. Um, one thing, obviously, James Young was great against the Pacers. We, we need to talk about James Young because, I mean, he's gone two-plus years without playing really any significant minutes. You can count on on one hand the times he did. I, I think against Gold, Golden State when they were in Boston, he played some pretty good minutes. Against Charlotte his rookie season when he had like 13 points, and convinced, actually convinced the Hornets announcer, Del Curry, to vote for him on an all rookie team, I think. Oh, wow. Be- because of that one game. It was in front of Del Curry, and Del Curry was like, you know what? That James Young dude, he's all rookie. <laughs> he's all rookie. <laughs> uh, but like two or three games his entire career until that Pacers game when he was a real impact player. And then all of a sudden, against the Pacers, he comes in first half. He, he didn't even score. He had two points in the first half, or four points, whatever it was, and he just did it with defense. He dove on the floor after a loose ball. He he rotated down low to stop an entry pass to a big man. He sprinted out toward the end of the shot clock, tapped one out, tapped the ball a pass away, sprinted after it behind half court, and, and it forced the Pacers to take a bad shot at the end of the shot clock. Like James Young, man, James Young, step up to the plate. Hello, nice of you to change your entire career, uh, or change from your entire career in in one night and show more in sixteen minutes than you had your entire career. That was just a great, great performance from James Young.
1: It's it's funny how much uh you know trying uh, helps people when they're trying to play basketball it's just like what was he thinking like uh you think this is like a sudden revelation for him he's like oh i should have been trying my hardest when i was playing basketball for the past, past two years like it's well i think
0: i think part of it is yeah effort but awareness is a huge deal and when you don't know where you're supposed to be you're hesitant you're a step slow so i, I think that's part of it too and, and building up that awareness allows you to to play harder and and play more decisive i would say but yeah Playing hard was nice.
1: <laughs> <laughs> like I would never would have seen him uh, dive on the floor uh, in his rookie year last year. It just doesn't seem like something he would have done. But it's great to see. It. It's just kind of the when the Celtics are depth desperate for wing depth, uh, if he can come in and make some threes and make those effort plays and not be completely lost on defense, I think that's uh, a positive for the Celtics. Uh, I know we're all going to react because it's Jimmy Buckets doing something good finally, and he was the first-round pick. But we re- it's one game. Uh, I feel like we're, we're going to have a bunch of these games with both James Young and Jalen Brown this year where they, they kind of make an impact. But it's really about uh, – once you're able to do that, it becomes about consistency and be able to do it on a night-in, night-out basis. And for Young, we haven't seen that. And also, the question is, we don't know if he's going to get uh, consistent minutes. Like in this game, it made sense because – Uh, Crowder and Horford out but once they come back is are James Young and Jalen Brown really getting that many opportunities to kind of prove what they are what what they're made of
0: yeah and and okay so yeah
1: I will say this though
0: that was the blueprint for James Young like if you are going to make an impact on the Celtics that is how you're going to do it get in there get get dirty Hit the open shots when you get it. Cut for a dunk when when it's available. But but do it with the little things. Do it with the hustle plays. And I, I I until last night, I didn't know that James Young had it in him. Even even for one night to give the Celtics that type of lift. I I can confidently say they would not have won that game without James Young. Like he came in in the second quarter. They were desperate for some inspiration. They had played lifeless basketball, and all of a sudden, James Young comes off the bench and just, bam, everything started working better because he set the tone. He and Terry Rozier, I thought, both came off the bench and, and really did a nice job of changing things for the Celtics. So, so that's the blueprint for him. My one issue is, is this. you know, Jalen Brown is a rookie. Jalen Brown needs to grow. Jalen Brown is going to be with the Celtics. For for years, or he's going to be traded in a big trade. James Young—they've already shown they're not committed to him. This is his last year. They did not pick up his fourth year on his rookie contract. He will be an unrestricted free agent after this season. Like, I I get that if Jalen Brown's not playing well, give his minutes to James Young, but give the give the rookie more of a chance. To me, to me, like. James Young, once in a while, sure, like he'll play well, he'll be okay. But you can't just give Jalen Brown the hook. I think he needs consistent minutes. I I think like it can't be something where if he's not playing well, you go away from him because to me his development is more important than you know saving an early season win in November. Like to to me that that's that's a hugely important thing and. And I know Brad Stevens goes the other way, and I know he says you need to earn your minutes, and I know all the things that he'll say to that. But, like, he's he's 20, he is the future, he has a ton of potential. Just stick with him. You can't just be throwing in James Young, giving him all of Jalen Brown's minutes at the first sign of life from James Young.
1: Well, this, like, it, at what point... I understand you want to develop this kid, and, and yeah, it's uh, you like an early season game and it might not matter, but at what point if Jalen Brown is like being in the game is consistently making your team worse or, may, or consistently putting your team in a hole, do you keep him out there? I think it's, it's right that you have to try him at least every game, but if he just doesn't have it, at some point, if you're Brad Stevens, one, you can't just kind of like, I guess, reward – bad basketball by giving him more minutes and yeah. have to like take it like you're still trying to win the game like that is the ultimately like the most important goal Brad yeah. stevens in each night
0: l- 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 let me clarify I, I i had no issue with it against indiana J- jalen brown w- wasn't giving them much james young came off the bench james young gave them a huge lift james young if if stevens hadn't returned to james young in the second half that would that would have been wrong. It would have been absolutely criminal. James Young, he 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 lifted them up in the first half. They needed him in the first half, and so to go back to him in the second half, yes, you have to do that. So it wasn't an issue against Indiana. My issue is if this continues happening during the rest of the season. Like James Young, still not a very good NBA player. Jalen Brown, I don't think he's a very good NBA player either yet. But one day he is going to be at least good. Maybe a lot better than that. Who knows? And to me, you have to stick with him. Like, it it can't be like, now Now, who who, does James Young? Is he now leapfrogged Jalen Brown in the rotation? What about when Jay Crowder comes back? Are you going to stick with a nine-man rotation? Are are Jalen Brown and James Young both going to be out of it? Because Rozier, Jarebko, Olenek, and Smart will now be on the bench. So, there's... There's some questions here. I think Jalen Brown. It, it wasn't about necessarily Indiana, but just for the the season, I think he will really benefit from consistent minutes and getting 15 minutes a night. 15 minutes a night. I think 15 he, minutes a night.
1: I think he's still going to be the kind of the first backup small forward option um, in the game. But once he's in the game, he has to play kind of like James Young did in this Pacers game. He has to earn it. I. Uh, it seems like the type of thing where they're going to give Jalen Brown the benefit of the doubt and he's going to be kind of that first bench option. But you know what? If he doesn't have it at night, Brad Stevens is going to be quick to kind of go to another guy who might be more desperate to prove that he's uh, like willing to play. I think you're right that Jalen Brown should... like By no means is James Young gonna uh, should leapfrog Jalen Brown in the rotation. I just think it kind of puts a, a little more competition on the position and makes it so... Jalen Brown doesn't just get those kind of quota minutes. It's just like he has to earn um, everything he does uh, because there is this guy who's capable behind him.
0: Yeah. And now one, one question that a lot of people on Twitter have, have brought up. Uh, do, do you think there's something wrong with Amir Johnson right now? Th- does he seem to be moving worse than he did last year?
1: I don't know. Amir Johnson's a mystery because – so many times last year he would play less than twenty minutes a game and always kind of look like he's wasn't moving that great. I feel like he's just kind of a hobbled uh, kind of <laughs> guy who kind of plays through injuries the entire like at least his entire time with the Celtics. it's he'll sometimes have those one like super game, but then it will take like two weeks for him to kind of get back to full strength. I would agree that he kind of he doesn't look great right now, um but I think it's also just a fact that we're Forced to see kind of more of Amir Johnson, um, where he's now playing 30 minutes a game, where normally you'd only see him for like 18 minutes.
0: Yeah, and and it's I mean it's been so clear every game, the Celtics just don't have any strong big men and and strong aggressive defender. It's like like Amir Johnson, he he's a very smart defender. He's a he's a very capable defender. He's he's an impactful defender. He's not the type of guy who is going to get a guy on his back and and box box him out like three feet back. Like he's he's a finesse guy. When Brad Stevens said we're a finesse team, you know, a lot of that is is the big guys. Amir Johnson can get overpowered. Tyler Zeller can get overpowered. Kelly Olynyk, I, I know you love his positional defense, and he's a much much better defender than people give him credit for. But he's not the strongest big guy either. I, I think. If you look at the roster, that that is one of their issues. Like, they are going to need to get away with having some kind of weak big men, and not just weak in the fact that they're not physically strong, but they're not physical players either. So uh, that that's one issue that's popped up a lot. Uh, well, the rebounding has been an issue every every game, every game. Like they they offensive rebounded really well against Indiana, which really has a broken defense, but the The defense rebounding wasn't there. The, the free throw rebound. How do you give up rebounds on free throws? It's like, like a couple times a night they're giving up rebounds on free throws. Jesus, Stevens must be losing his mind when that happens. There was one play against uh, the Knicks when Amir Johnson, like he th- he thought he w- went into the lane and and maybe thought that he had a a violation and then like. He just walked away from the lane he was like three feet away from the lane while this guy who he should have been boxing out walked in grabbed the rebound and put it back up like Amir the play is going on my friend <laughs> <laughs> it, it was that was ugly so there's still a lot of issues with the rebounding but ever since Linux got back and ever since Olenek and Smart were put into the starting lineup the defense has just looked so much better and and so so improved, and and still we are nine games into the season. The Celtics have not had Marcus Smart for a few games. They have not had Jay Crowder for several games. They have not had Al Horford for several games. They are number three in offense behind the Golden State Warriors and Cleveland Cavaliers. Well, is, is
1: this? Real? Yeah, that's that's <laughs> shocking to hear. You know, the the famous saying is that the the Celtics have never. Um, Lost a playoff series with their full, with the big three, Rondo and Perk. This year's Celtics team hasn't played a full game with their, like, basically their full starting lineup in Marcus Smart. So it's like all the problems about rebounding and lack of size and lack of athleticism, uh, or not athleticism, but kind of toughness on the inside, I think is going to hopefully change when they get their full complement of players back because I think the team, their toughness, their physicality, Really comes from their um, kind of guards and wings, um, Bradley, Smart, and Crowder. Uh, so I think that it's it's really good that um, they're this good uh, offensively this uh, into the season, missing those players. But I think kind of that physicality and that toughness will return once they have their full roster in place and able to not, you know, basically have Marcus Smart and Kelly Olynyk be full time bench guys.
0: I mean, it is crazy. When you look at the bench. You know, everyone thought they're going to really miss Evan Turner's playmaking. The bench, when Isaiah Thomas is sitting, it, it, they are scoring one hundred nine point four points per one hundred possessions, which is just about the same as when he's on the court. And like that, that that was the issue the past couple of years that they could not put the ball in when Isaiah Thomas was on the bench. And now, all of a sudden, it's like, whoa, whoa, the Celtics, they're, they're scoring. They are scoring when Isaiah Thomas is in there. They are scoring when he's on the bench. This It's, it's, it's beautiful to see the Celtics can score, man. Uh, so and, and then, yeah, once Horford gets back, once Crowder gets back, those defensive issues are, are going to at least dissipate a little bit. They're, they're going to diminish.
1: They're no longer going to be one of the five worst teams in the league on defense.
0: Yeah. So, yeah. And then once once they start forcing turnovers and start getting easy baskets, how good is this offense? I I think it's real. Like we're we're more than ten percent into the season. Nine games. They've had injury issues the whole time, and they're still up there. Like it. It's getting to the point where I don't think it's a fluke anymore. I I think they're just they have a really good offense now.
1: Yeah, there's definitely reasons to be, uh, to be optimistic for this team moving forward. And I think uh, with this week coming up, you have a couple of easy games. So I think it's, it's just more building on a good thing, like going against the Pelicans, going against uh, the Mavericks. Golden State's going to be a really fun test, and hopefully Horford's fully healthy by then. Uh, is there any indication that Crowder would be back by maybe that Golden State game? Uh,
0: Steven said that he could be back sometime this week. Oh, which is best case scenario. So, so yeah, obviously that that game's Friday. So there, there's a chance. I mean, it would be tough to come back and and be like, here, Jay, you, guard
1: you, Durant. <laughs> you,
0: yeah, you've you've missed a couple of weeks. Uh, go go guard Kevin Durant and in switches like take Stephen Curry and Klay Thompson. Have fun. <laughs> uh, so yeah, there's a chance. I I hope he's back. That that that'll be a fun game. That'll two, two two teams still searching for their defensive identities, the Warriors and the Celtics. Uh, but yeah, that other than that Warriors game, not too many tough games coming up this week. You know, so could could be a chance to to run off a a few few wins here with New Orleans and Dallas coming up, with the defense coming back, with Al Horford maybe maybe coming back in New Orleans. That would be nice. Al Horford, he's such a difference maker they have really missed him so much but you know they're they're getting by 5 and 4 5 and 4 not too bad so far let's talk about the nets man
1: i was about to ask you uh, are the nets good <laughs> like we have some optimism I mean, but there's definitely some pessimism good, good good is too much like <laughs> are the nets not complete trash are they <laughs> are they going to be better than the phoenix suns it certainly seems like it the 76ers perhaps the pelicans Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah, like, the Nets are not an absolute dumpster fire, which is not good for the Celtics.
1: Sad news. Tough to hear.
0: Coming into the season, I I would have bet anything that the Nets were going to be an absolute pile of garbage. They were going to be one of the biggest mockeries in NBA history. They were going to get demolished night in and night out. And they've been pretty good. Uh, uh, Like, they're... They're okay. <laughs> they are not absolutely terrible at basketball. So, damn it. Damn, yeah. Danny, Danny Ainge, like, he, he must look at the Nets and be like, what the
1: fuck, man? <laughs>
0: like, they got Justin Hamilton out there making moves, and, and they got Sean Kilpatrick starting a point guard in their winning games. What
1: the fuck? I haven't watched. I'm gonna be honest. I haven't watched too many Nets basketball games, but I, is it all Kenny Atkinson? Is it just is, is this the coaching thing? Thing because their roster is not something that should be winning games. Brook Lopez he is talented, but uh, really this is unexpected. So my intuition would be it's uh, it's coaching.
0: Yeah, <laughs> Brook Lopez had a quote after their last game. He was like, you know what? We're just we're just better than the, the sum of our parts. This is just the beginning. <laughs> just, just, just the beginning. Like what the hell is going on over there in Brooklyn? Take it easy, guys. Like like just relax. Celtics could use like Brook Lopez injury and I don't even know who do, who do you want to get injured over there like not not that not that we're rooting for injuries. We don't actually root for injuries, but but if they did happen, like Jeremy Lin's
1: already been out for a while. Like, do, do you want Rondé Allis-Jefferson to go down? I don't know. I don't know <laughs> how you make the—maybe you just, like, make Kenny Atkinson, like, break his back Steve Kerr-style. <laughs> so they, they need a new coach.
0: They need to find their Luke Walton.
1: Yeah, like, uh, the
0: Nets are decent.
1: Brooke man. Lopez scored 34 points against the Pistons the other week. Like, I'm just looking back yeah. at the Nets' schedule, or schedule and look at who they beat. They beat the Pacers, who have a trash defense. <laughs> Uh, As we saw, and as I predicted, by the way, another pat on the back for Sam Packard. Um, Then they beat the uh, Pistons and they beat the Timberwolves and then the Suns. So three of those wins are kind of shocking that they were able to pull off against the Pacers, Pistons and Timberwolves. The Suns are really a terrible team, but man, 34 points against the Pistons is not a stat line I thought I'd see Brooke Lopez put up
0: four threes that game Sam oh
1: that was got, that was the famous uh Brook Lopez Amir Johnson uh, rain park. That, that that
0: was the night when everything went wild the the whole world just just completely transformed that night Amir Johnson step back threes from the corner that was that was my favorite stretch of basketball this year like every once in a while basketball just just really surprises you. And and that that was it. When Amir Johnson had 16 points in a quarter, <laughs> and the, the the last the last bucket he had. we obviously we're re- rehashing stuff that happened weeks ago. But the last bucket he had when he drove baseline, and he was like fading away, spinning. Threw in a, a, a fading hook shot. <laughs> what on earth is going on? Amir Johnson that night was unbelievable. Uh, another quote that had me dying laughing, besides the, the Brooke Lopez, some of our parts quote, which, I, I mean, honestly, Celtics fans might might be weeping about what's going on with the Nets. But <laughs> my, my favorite quote, I think, of the year is when Doc Rivers last night <laughs> said that Luke... Luke Richard Mbamute is the best defensive player on the planet. Right? <laughs> like, let, let's let's tone it down a little bit right now. Let's let's not get too crazy. Like Kawhi Leonard's still out there. Draymond Green's still out there. Luke, Luke Mbamute, very serviceable guy.
1: Defensive I believe him. Guy. I believe him because as uh, uh, someone who's put together a lot of NBA two K franchises. Let me tell you, Mababute is always on the free agent market. You can get him on a cheap deal, and he's he's a great uh, free agent signing, at least in the NBA 2K world. So, I'm gonna go go ahead and believe Doc Rivers on this one that he's the best defender in the all of the NBA.
0: <laughs> uh, anyway, the best podcast in all of the NBA is the Lockdown Celtics podcast. Search for us, Audio Boom, iTunes. Stitcher, wherever else you listen to your podcast, search for Locked On Celtics. Find us, follow us, subscribe to us, rate us. Give us a five-star rating. We need those five-star ratings. Those, Those make us go, man. So give us those ratings. Listen to us. We'll be here Monday through Friday. We'll be giving you the best Celtics analysis. You don't have to listen to those radio schlubs anymore. You can come over, listen to us fire us up on your morning commute fire us up when you're at the gym do whatever we are here every day
1: we we we, we feel like we're becoming your friends now we're, we're we we want to be part of your life we got inside so, jokes i mean we're we're calling each other by nicknames it's it's good times guys just come on down for the fun yeah
0: come on down for the fun this was another fun episode
1: of the locked on Celtics podcast
0: part of The Locked On Podcast Network.